Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Inquisitive Pig podcast, where basically I'm just trying to figure out stuff that hopefully helps you along the way. Today I got to chat with Joe Templin, a fascinating guy. He's very multi-talented, a self-professed Swiss army knife, whose book, Everyday Excellence, helps people to form the right sorts of habits and mindsets to excel in life. As with all Inquisitive Pig stuff, you need a, so what? Why should you listen to this? Well, listen if you're interested in self-development and personal improvement, or have read things like James Clear's Atomic Habits, or if you just want a bit of guidance or inspiration to start improving your life one step at a time. Do check out Joe's book, link in the description, and for more stuff like this, have a look at the Inquisitive Pig website. Enjoy. Hi Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome, Alex. How are you doing today? I'm doing good too, thanks. Yeah. So what are you reading right now? Oh, good question. So I'm actually reading a, a book that my boss wrote um, about super communities. So it's about uh, how to create communities in the 21st century that work really well together, that uh, you know support each other, that aren't necessarily reliant on kind of big state handouts. And yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. What about you? Cool. Send me, send me, send me the title of it, please, so I can check it out. I will do. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a wide read. It's gone sort of uh, drawing on all sorts of from economics to geography to demographics. So it's yeah, it's interesting. That sounds perfect for me, man. Yeah. Well, what about you? What are you reading? Uh, so right now I'm reading. Well, every morning I read the Daily Laws by Robert Greene. That's the one for this year. Last year was Daily Stoic. I'm actually okay. reading my own book, Everyday Excellence Every Day. Great. I'm reading uh, Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday. I'm reading Two Second Decisions by Dr. Uh, Michelle Rosen. Oh, cool. Good. A good variety of stuff. So, and yeah. I'm listening to the 48 Laws of Power on my commute. Uh, that's one of the ones that I listen to every single year while I'm doing other things to just refresh some of the lessons from it. Ah, okay, cool. I've, I've got a couple of the Ryan Holiday ones on my bookshelf and they're great. The sort of stoicism is something that I've only recently started to look at, but it uh, makes a lot of sense to me. If you haven't signed up for the daily stoic email, you should do it because every single day it pops into the email. It's nice and easy and convenient. And I don't even know Ryan personally, but yes, I you know, pushes stuff on a regular basis okay. because it gives just that continuous knowledge, that reinforcement every single day. And that is very much in line with my philosophies of excellence as a habit and habits need to be practiced every single day. So getting that one to two minutes of every single morning, it moves you along a good path. Okay, that makes sense. So I, I get um, James Clear's newsletter. He wrote Atomic Habits, and yep. that is I find that really insightful. So here's an interesting thing: James Clear is in a writing group with Ryan Holiday. Oh, really? And Mark Manson, the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and mm -hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk. Wow, that's a powerful writing creep. So that's like the Inklings 2.0. The Inklings was C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and a couple of others. I they were think... writing fiction. These guys are writing applied philosophy and productivity books. Right. So it's the it's almost like the 21st century version. In a lot of ways, yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, cool. 
Wow. So that, it makes me think, so I kind of want to come onto this, onto what your sort of daily habits are and where they've come from. But before we get to that, could you just tell us and listeners uh, who you are and what's your story? Oh, my story, that's, you know, sort of like reading Ulysses by James Joyce, yeah. uh, because it's all over the place. Okay. But I'm Joe Templin. I'm a human Kaizen expert and the author of Amazon Kindle's number one new release, Everyday Excellence. I am an autodidactic polymath. I say polymath as opposed to Renaissance man because I can't even draw a straight line with a ruler. Um, I'm a special needs parent. I'm an ultra marathoner, a former international champion in Taekwondo, author, as I said, and um, you know, just an unrepentant geek in a lot of ways. Okay, I like that. I like that um, that definition. This is making me think. Uh, I kind of want to get into so that's a lot of stuff. Do you have a, a framework that underpins why you do the things you do? Like, do you have buckets where you think, well, I've got to tick off this bucket and this bucket? Well, I've got an attitude and a mindset. And let me explain that because it is very important. By the way, I'm an adult diagnosed ADHD. Anybody who's known me for years and years uh, can basically say, yep, yep, you're like textbook on that. Okay. Uh, but as a kid, I was severely, severely asthmatic. And so the people understand my uh, roots. My mom, the nun, yes, my mom was a nun who then became a college professor, farm kid. My dad was the first person in his family to go to college, went on an ROTC scholarship, was a Vietnam era infantryman and then went into consulting and built his own business. And he just retired after 50 years wow. because of COVID. Oh, wow. So, you know, I have these dual influences. Uh, I was always encouraged to pursue what interests me. When I was eight years old, I told my mom I was going to learn everything there was to know. She's like, encyclopedia is over there, get to work. So yeah. I actually read the entire encyclopedia, which helped when I was on the trivia team in high school. Um, so this deep abiding search for knowledge, this understanding, this passion for life and learning is something that I grew up with. But I was also severely, severely asthmatic, so I couldn't do athletics, so I pursued my mind for the most part. And when I was 10 years old, I died. Literally, I died right there on the table in an asthma attack, floated out of my body, saw the bright light, you know, oh, the wow. big deep voice, all that sort of stuff. Came on back, boom, as they say in Monty Python, meaning, uh, and the Holy Grail, I got better, but no. So I came back and from that point, I have burned the candle at both ends and in the middle with a flamethrower as my friends. So having a really disparate set of interests and um, pretty decent intellect and just absolute passion has turned me into essentially a human Swiss army knife because I've studied physics and philosophy and poetry and economics. And I've gone into all these different areas. And the way that I look at all these things is something that my dad told me is that in any situation, in any meeting, in any class that you take, in any interaction, you need to find the pearl of wisdom, or as I call them now, pearls of excellence, that you can extract from that. And if you can string together enough pearls, you're going to have a very rich life. So 
that is one of the things that I've done. And so I, I have these various knowledge bases, these various skill sets, and it's how do you take from here and from here and put them together to come up with something unique that you can apply to creating a new situation or solving a problem or uh, innovating. And so that is the attitude that I have. And we're all given the same amount of time. I don't care if you're Bill Gates or a kid just getting out of college, you still have the same 86,400 seconds today. So how are you going to utilize them to the maximum? You know, so for example, on my commute into work today, I was listening to um, uh, the 48 laws of power because you know I got to drive, moving your molecules is inefficient, but if I can double tap on that time, you know, I was out for my morning walk. I'm not running right now because I'm recovering from an injury, but I'm out and I was listening to other intellectual stuff. So I'm moving my body. It was before dawn. It was 31 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's literally freezing, clear, cold. So I'm getting that cold treatment. I'm moving my body. I'm you know communing with nature and I'm feeding my brain simultaneously. So when you can multitask like that, you do it. And then when you can't, when it's supposed to be deep focus things like this, I mean, my cell phone literally is sitting here in airplane mode, so I'm unavailable to the entire world. Okay, okay. So you spread from getting a lot of inputs to that. So you know you're sort of lots of inputs going to try and maximize your time efficiency to then switching into focus mode and focusing on one thing. Because I find that quite hard. I find it hard to do. So I've, got very, I've got very little fr uh, switching friction, which is a good thing. But this is one of the things. So when I'm cooking dinner with the kids and supervising homework, we'll have a podcast going on and we'll be listening to music. So I'm getting three times the usage out of that. And the kids are seeing me cook and so they're spending time and they're learning to cook uh, by observing while they're also getting their homework done because with teenagers, you got to stand over and beat them sometimes. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm doing other things, then I go as deep as possible for it. And people, because of the distractions of the phone and the inability to sit with themselves, don't do that deep focus work nearly enough. Mm. I think it's Cal Newport talks about. And so we can't stay in that mode for hours and hours at a time. And because of my uh, mental makeup with the ADHD, I understand that, I know that. So I've learned to work in the manners that make most sense for me. So you had brought up James Clear. Um, morning habit stacks are absolutely phenomenal. I wrote this book, 700 plus pages in six months because of wow. applying my habit stack. So my more normal habit stack is I get up between four and 4.15 in the morning. I go grab my cup of coffee that's already there and turn on the coffee pot because I prepped it the night before. Remember your day begins the night before. Never forget that. So I grabbed that cup of coffee. I sit down and just brained up whatever was in my head. Because when we're sleeping, uh, especially when we're going into and out of sleep, is when the doors of perception start to break down. That's when you're producing theta waves. That's when you, your subconscious is most powerful and influential on your conscience and vice versa. So that's when you're solving problems. So I sit down and I write for like a couple of minutes. Whatever's in my head just comes on out. Mm. Then... I do my daily reading, so I read the uh, daily laws right now, and I read my copy of the book, and I do the homework assignment, the action item from it. Then I go, and I go on out, and I would normally run for 20 to 30 minutes, 
right now I'm not running, I'm walking because I'm recovering from an injury, but I'd finish that, I'd come back and I would sit down, I'd write again, because when you have physical activity, it, if you look at an EEG, a brain scan, a PET scan of the brain, literally, if you've been sitting on your butt for an hour or two, your brain is turning itself off. You get mm -hmm. up and you exercise and both sides of the brain, the entire thing lights up like a Christmas tree. So you do this physical activity, then you are more productive. You are literally at max capacity. I do this in the morning because I'm a morning person, always have been, but there's no time for other people to interfere with me. Okay, there's no time for my kids to, you know, start having a bad day as often happens with autistic kids. There's no uh, negative emails from work. There's no people saying, hey, you got a minute. There's no energy vampires or anything like that. So I go, I do that run and I sit down and I write. And when I was writing the book, I would write for uh, two pages, two days of the book every single day. At that point, even if it was crap and I had to revise 95% of it, I still did it mm. because it's that constant daily effort that improves you. The consistency, hence the cool nonlinear growth curve on the front of the book, that is compound interest applied to yourself, which is the whole idea of human kaizen. So I would do that. Then I would go and I'd do my taekwondo and weightlifting down in the basement for 30-ish minutes. And one of the things I do is every single day, I do the same first offensive technique that I learned almost 40 years ago, horse dance center punch. 100 punches each hand minimum every single day because I have now done that over 10 million times. I don't need to think about it. It's ingrained in me. This is the reason why I'm faster than you guys half my age because I've focused on that very, very basic thing and just done it and done it and done it and gone beyond the level of mastery that uh, Malcolm Gladwell talks about or my Taekwondo master talked about with 10,000 repetitions. So it just becomes fully ingrained, but literally flips the switch. Then I would sit down, I'd write again. Maybe then I'd respond to the emails, do the quick marketing and stuff for about a half hour, grab a quick breakfast, shower up, and I'd head on into the office. Okay? And even though I don't need to, I'm a jacket and tie because this is my uniform mm. or work. Mm. Okay? I could just as easily have a Hawaiian shirt on or be here in a comic book t-shirt, which would be really comfortable. But why? Because I owe it to the people that I am interacting with to bring my A game. And putting on the tie puts me in the mode. I'm ready to go. Okay. Okay. So, and is that something you figured that sort of routine out for yourself? Because you, like you said, you're a morning person. So you've analyzed that and thought, right, I'm going to, I'm going to stack my morning to get all the stuff done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, 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 and so by the time that 630 rolls around in the morning, I've already accomplished more than most human beings do in a day. Yeah. Not because I'm superhuman but because I'm super disciplined because I understand I need to be because of the, my mental makeup, just the way that I am. So I just do it. doesn't matter if I feel good or not. It doesn't matter if I'm dehydrated. doesn't matter if I didn't sleep well. doesn't matter if it's cold out. doesn't matter if it's raining out. It mm. doesn't matter. As Jocko Willink says, you remove the motion from it. So you just do it. It's literally the mental checklist of starting up the operation for the day. It's just that the operation has to happens to be a human being as opposed to a machine. And there's days I, I don't want to do it. Okay. I really, yeah. think, right. I love donuts. <laughs> I love rock and roll. I like cheeseburgers and beer and all this, but you know what? I haven't had a donut in, let's see. I, I had one donut the 
day of my last race afterwards because I had literally like lived in the cold for three days and done these runs and I burned 6,000 plus calories per day. So I earned a donut. The last one I had before that was like six weeks before and I'm going to wait until after Halloween to have my next one. Okay. So this, I want it. Yeah, it's so interesting. So I want to ask a few questions because I want to know, I want to know why do you do it? And, and it's sort of the same question, but slightly differently is what would happen if you didn't? And if, then if, if I didn't do it, after a while, I would look like Dwight at the end of dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. no. Well, yeah. actually, no, I wouldn't because I, even when I, when I stop working out for a while, for whatever reason, I don't get into that state. But mentally, I would be a mess. I fully understand this. So exercise is one of the greatest productivity tools that you can have. Sir Richard Branson says this. All the uh, people who have studied it, whether it's from Total America Health, or a point of view of psychology or um, biochemistry, you know, they all have all looked at it and everybody agrees working on a regular basis, 30 minutes of sweat inducing activity per day is the minimum to have long range health and you need to have resistance training too mixed in on a regular basis. So one, you know, I know this and I've been very good at uh, having discipline of being willing to trade off what feels good in the moment for the long range. In fact, we should probably talk about that, the two paths at some point. Mm -hmm. But I do it because as my mom taught me, my mom, the nun, said the same thing that the great distance runner, Steve Prefontaine said, which is to not use the gift as a sin. So I've got this, these capabilities and these opportunities, and I have an obligation to take advantage of them and use them and help other people out. Because as I said, I've got kids. If I told my kids that, you know, we could do something spectacular, but we didn't because I was lazy. Mm. So I sacrificed your future because I felt like sitting on the couch that day. Mm. What sort of freaking parent am I? Yeah. My needs, my current short-term comfort, actually, not even my needs beyond the needs of the family. Beyond yeah. the need, the needs of my partners, beyond the needs of the people who I can help. So yeah. you know, maybe it's the Catholic guilt coming out, but <laughs> you know, you, I, I feel an obligation to do this. But it's not just an obligation because I love doing it. This is really icky guy. Uh, yeah. Okay. Japanese term. You know, the yeah. world wants this. I'm good at it, and I love doing it. I love having a conversation like this, Alex, where I can learn new things. And you know, mm. that's why I was asking about the book that you read. I get a chance to help other people out. I get a chance to, uh, this really plays to the neophilia that uh, ADHD individuals have where we need that newness. Being able to constantly do this sort of stuff forces me to be better constantly and brings me into new situations and contact with new people, new concepts that continuously make me grow. So I have a very low uh, or a, a very high risk tolerance, actually, an insanely high risk tolerance and a very low shame factor. So <laughs> maybe not the best combination, but yeah. I'm just, I maintain that fascination of a little kid. And as Albert Einstein said, the essence of genius is to maintain the wonder of a child into old age. Yeah. And it, I think it keeps you young, that, that sense of wonder and constantly learning and finding things surprising and fascinating 
I think oh yeah it, I mean creates a youthful I, energy. I, I don't admit my age because I don't believe that's true you know I just leveled <laughs> up to 30 20 and I have more passion and more physical activity and more mental acuity than people half my age yeah yeah it's it's interesting because I, I was talking about this with my brother the other day that because we both I mean he is very physically fit he puts me to shame uh I was in the gym with him and it's embarrassing uh being there he's my younger brother um so it's sort of fair but we were saying oh, that second son syndrome because he's always he's still trying to beat you from the time you guys were little kids exactly see? exactly but he was always better at sport but I always was better at the mind games I could get him smashing a tennis racket in 20 minutes of playing tennis even though he was much better than me so I always managed to win there but we, we were saying that for us we have to get to a certain level so it's either seven or eight out of ten or it's you're down at zero or one or two. There's no in between because it's like um, you know if you ever been if you ever been in a speedboat and you have to get up some speed to get onto the wake, and then yeah. once you're up on the wake, actually maintaining that is easier than than going back into the choppy bit. So for us, uh, for what I find is that if I lose my habits, if I don't do exercise, I plunge to zero or one. It's not like I can do a bit and be at four or five out of ten. I'm down at the bottom. I need to maintain seven or eight, which sometimes looks like I'm trying to do too much or it's a bit like insanity. But if I'm not there, I know that the, the flip side is right. At the and bottom. if you're operating at that seven level, what happens over time is that becomes your normal. Yeah. And so if you don't do it, you feel weird. It's like, you know, when I'm recovering from an injury, I'm not allowed to do Taekwondo or I'm not allowed to run. It's like, whoa. Or like the day after I sent the book off to the editor, I sat down to do go through my habit stack and sit down and write. I have literally like, I can't, I can't write. Mm. Not that you know I have mental block or anything like that. I just can't because there's nothing to work on. I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. So I dusted off a book that I was working on writing before I started this one and went back to that and you know wrote, finished writing another book three months after I finished writing this one. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So before we get into, cause I want to dig into the, what, um, what the book is and what the sort of core messages are. But before that, I just want to ask whether you, do you have like conscious downtime? Do you, uh, like have yes, a sort of relax? actually. And yeah. this is something that's not my nature, but, uh, Kobe Bryant, the great basketball player would like you know do these insane workouts and everything and then he'd keep trying to work out and everything and his trainer basically had to convince him that rest was part of the training mm -hmm. taking the time off the recovery and i'm bad at that because i'm so driven in so many capacities and so what i do is my rest is very hardcore uh, complementary. So uh, I talk about eustress all the time, as opposed to distress. Distress is harming your body, you know, and it's because somebody else is imposing us on you, as opposed to eustress, it is uh, filling your tank in some capacities. So I'll work a 14-hour day in the office and do five podcasts and talk to people and write 20, I won't write 20 pages, I'll write two or three pages, do some research. So I do hardcore, intense, intense mental activity like that that's very draining mm. and how do i recover from that intense mental draining i'll go for a five mile run you know, i'll do these things yeah um 
I I am a low sleep individual by my nature. I don't need eight hours. I barely need five. Oh, that's okay. just the way that I am. Mm-hmm. But how I, when I sleep, I'm like, boom, dead to the world, just out. Okay. So I do everything that I do hardcore, but I'm doing different things so that when my mind's been stressed, it then rests while I'm stressing the body. And, you know, I'm working on something intense and spiritual. So by doing this, I am getting that recovery time mm. on the other component. It's just that my recovery looks like other people's work. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I wonder whether that also applies for most people, because if they actually think about it, I certainly found this, that I will think that I'm resting by sitting on the sofa or watching a film that I'm not really enjoying or not really buying into with my phone open at the same time, scrolling through five different apps all at once. And I finish, I do that for two hours thinking, oh, I'm, I'm resting. And I don't feel rested at all. I feel- Because you're actually miserable. not resting in that capacity. Now, if you sat there and watched a mindless movie and literally turned your mind off for it, mm-hmm. and to you, that is then countering the other things, that then would be a fact of rest. Mm. Mm. But having all the other devices open is just, it, it's giving yeah, too many Yeah, so what you need pills. to do is you need to say, nope, and you do I do, put them on airplane mode, put them in the other room, you know, yeah. what have you. Yeah. You know, I'll leave the phone upstairs while I go down to the weight room for 30 minutes. It's like the world's not going to end in that time. Yes, yeah, exactly. And even if it did, uh, you'd be doing something that you'd enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so I'm hitting, working on the heavy bag. All right, not a bad way to go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Great. So, um, yeah, what are the what are the sort of core parts of the book? What what what's the we've sort of touched on the overarching philosophy, but what are so the like? Yeah. I call the book a multivitamin for life because we all have multiple different components of our life, whether it's our physical health, mental health, spiritual health, relationships, nutrition, communication, occupation, what have you, and. Part of life is that certain part components of it get really airy and hectic at different points and expand beyond what they should. So if you're in a startup company, you'll be working your 75, 80 hours a week and you're sitting there and you're drinking Mountain Dew and eating Cheetos while you're working. So your your diet goes to hell for a while. Mm -hmm. Then the project's delivered. And so you can get back into balance and you're going out and running again, all that. What the book is designed to do is it's a daily reader, and every day it, you take the two to four minutes that it takes, and it will help you get the things that you're missing at that point. Every person will find within every day's reading what they are looking for. So it's sort of like the Oracle of Delphi in that way. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and read the book again a year later, two years later, as Heraclitus said, uh, no man can walk through the same river twice because the river is different and the man's different. Mm. So we grow, we evolve, we're looking for different things. Where I am now versus a year ago when the book was in uh, editing is very different. So when I read the same page, I'm different. In fact, when I'm recording YouTube videos uh, for the channel to uh, support the book, I'm working two, three weeks out. And so when I read the and burn the video, Three weeks later, doing the same page on the appropriate day, personally, I'm actually a different human being. And Mm -hmm. so I'm taking something slightly different from it at that point. Um, The structure is that we start with a quote from somebody. Could be Mahatma Gandhi, could be Muhammad Ali, could be Dr. Seuss, could be Jocko Willink, 
could be Dr. Jordan Peterson, could be Oprah Winfrey, Sappho, it doesn't matter. There's a quote, mm -hmm. then there's discussion and analysis around it, and it goes over a lot of these different parameters, but then there's an action item, because if we don't take action, then we're not changing, we're not growing, we're not developing. It's not thought and prayers, it's thought and prayers and action that actually change the world. So every single day there is an action item. It might be something as simple as smile at five people today, which is one of my favorite ones, or it might be something complex, as complex as write down all the reasons why you're upset with somebody and go through and cross them off and say out loud, I forgive you for X, cross off. Mm. I forgive you for Y, cross off. That one's a lot more difficult, a lot more uh, emotionally strenuous. So that's a much more intense version of it. And do they vary day to day then? Do they go from... Yes, every day is very different. And some days throughout the year will echo in terms of some of the discussion and some of the action items, which is meant as a reinforcer, because if you do something two days in a row, you get something from it. But if you do something one day and then you do something very similar three or four weeks later, it actually gives you more impact than doing it two days in a row. Okay, cool. It sounds fascinating. It sounds really good. I like I, I, what you said about the, you can't be in the same river twice. I keep thinking about that in terms of reading because I went through a very uh, tick boxy phase with my reading where I just wanted to blitz through as many books as I could. I wanted to write my list. I wanted to beat how many books I read last year. And what I'm now trying to do more of is find maybe books that I've read before and reread them and try and actually absorb and like take action from the book. Rather because than you're just... a different person. It will speak to you differently. So Ryan Holiday talks about this. I mean, I've got some books that I've had for 35 years that I go through and reread every couple of years. And you can see all the different colors of notes and you know the dog ears and everything over time. And this is the way that you truly extract the wisdom from those books over time is getting your surface reading, but then going in depth as appropriate. So what, what would be your one hope for somebody reading your book, coming to the end of it, what would you want them to think, feel, do differently once they've read it? I want them to adopt the mindset of human Kaizen, of continuous improvement of themselves and their environment. Even if it's a tiny little bit, if you get 1% better per day, which is actually a big ask over time because you've gotten the low hanging fruit, mm. you get 37 times better by the end of the year. Mm. If you get 1% better per week, at the end of two years, you're three times better. So let's assume that you're someplace between that 1% per week and 1% per day. You're going to be you know, four or five times better at the end of the year than you were previously. And you can compound that over years and decades. And that's where you see something truly spectacular. We can't even predict how awesome we can become. As I said, I do ultra marathons now. I'm not a runner. I hate running. I'm like David Goggins. Well, he's much better than I am. But he admitted that he hates running, so I can admit it now too. So, But I'm able to do something that very few human beings can do. There are about as many ultra marathoners on the planet as there are centimeters. So doing this hard thing that I don't exactly love, I love the results, I love what it does for me, I love when I get to stop, you know, but doing this is giving me exportable mindsets and skills that I can use in other areas. So maybe someday I'll be a centimeter. Don't really care about it. 
just like I don't really care about um, the other accolades and all that. It's just falling in love with the process and having that internal gratification around it and that drive. And if you adopt that, that's how you become excellent, but that's also how you do excellent things for other individuals. I think I think that's so important, isn't it? It's the it's the applicability of being able to do hard things or just just keep consistent habits in one area that can apply to other areas in the yeah. same way that you talked about your sort of polymath like range of areas that you like to look at and there is actually a really good book called range which i would recommend uh, if you haven't yes. read it it's really um, good um, and that that draw, it allows you to draw on so you might learn about something in economics and if you only ever did economics, you couldn't apply it to anywhere else, but you might not realize that that economics principle applies to cooking or something totally different. Things I learned as a cellist on phraseology, I applied to martial arts. Things I learned in martial arts, I applied to business. So you get this cross-pollinization. And the big thing from the book is that we make roughly 50,000 micro decisions a day. Mm. And as Colossus tells Deadpool, four or five. Four or five decisions are what determine if you're a hero or a villain. For those of us lacking superpowers, it's those four or five micro decisions per day mm. that determine is our arrow pointed up or pointed down. And if you look at every single one of these micro decisions, every single one of these choices, there's really two critical paths we can be going down. We can take the easy route. Okay, it feels good in the moment. I'm going to eat the donut. Mm. you know i'm going to play video games instead of studying for my exam i'm going to have the cigarette because of the quick hit magazine i'm going to go on an online dating app instead of having the conversation with my significant other i'm just going to you know abandon ship here um you know so what feels good in the moment what's easy leads to worse places mm. but if i do the hard thing at the moment i go run in the rain even though I hate running and it's raining, it's cold and it's nasty. Afterwards, I'm better for it. Mm. If I study as opposed to you know, playing the video games, I'll pass the class, I'll get my degree, I'll have a better future. If I have that hard conversation with a person that I care about, or it's my business partner or a significant other, it might hurt in the moment, but it allows us to move forward in a better situation. If I'm going to lift the weights, and it's going to make my muscles sore afterwards because they've been stressed, they can grow and I can be stronger and more powerful afterwards. So you have two choices in every situation. You can choose the easy thing, the easy path, or you can do the right thing, which is generally harder, but makes you better. Mm. And it unlocks that potential, right? It's like, you don't know what you are capable of unless you keep doing the hard things. You you doing the easy things, you know what the end result is. Like that's a very easy to predict future, which means that it's it's boring and it's predictable. Yeah. Whereas doing the hard things, you don't know what you're, this is what I found recently is you know, you don't know what you are capable of unless you're willing to push yourself to a hard place. And you probably surprise yourself. I went on a hike recently. It was it we were in really tough weather conditions. I thought I would turn out to be this moaning wet you know annoyed grumpy person and luckily for me I wasn't and that was really nice and surprising and then it applies to other you know when I'm doing work stuff and it's maybe a bit boring I thought well I can get through a tough tough hike so I can do this and it's people are always concerned about what we do with the big thing you know 
on that, you know, trying to get to the mountaintop or all that. But it's the little things. It's the, what am I going to do now when I have the opportunity to wuss out? Mm, yeah. And it's the little micro choices. It's the little decisions. It's the day-to-day doing the right thing that yeah. over time gives you the spectacular body that gives you the capability to be able to play the most complex musical pieces that allows you to master the multiple languages that gives you the martial arts mastery that makes your business incredible. It's Mm. not what you do when all the lights are on and the big stage. It's everything that you do leading up to that. As Muhammad Ali said, champions are not made in the ring. They're made in the dark on the roads when nobody is watching. Mm. I like that a lot. Well, this this has been a fascinating conversation. I uh, we're going to have to get you back on the podcast when your next book comes out because I want to hear where your, your journey goes. But um, for those listening, where can they find more of you? Where can they get the book? What what, what are the details? So they can find the book anywhere that they get books. So Amazon, um, online, all the different places. They can also get it from my website, everyday-excellence.com. I recommend they go to the website simply because there's all sorts of additional free resources there. Every day I put up a microblog. There's links to the YouTube channel, Everyday Excellence. There's links to the Twitter at EDE with Joe. So I produce a lot of free content to help people out, to move them along on their journey so they can find that there because I'm trying to reach 100 million people over the next 12 months and help them improve. Because if we can get 100 million people to make slightly better decisions, What's the output of that going to be? It's going to be pretty tremendous. So that's what motivates me, gets me up and passionate every single day, is not what's in it for me. It's the mission. It's the mission of serving and growing and helping make other people be better. Amazing. Well, great message to end on. And uh, yeah, I encourage everybody to go check out the website and, and get the book. And Joe, thanks very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. Alex, thank you. Be excellent and grow today. I will do. I love it. Thanks, Joe.